Hi, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth. You know, probably the deepest human need is to have purpose. Now, there have been famous people who have reached the top of their field and said that success is meaningless. In fact, the great King Solomon pretty much said the same thing. Why? Because there's a deeper need that success just doesn't fill. Philosophers and psychologists have tried to tackle the question of purpose, and for the most part, without giving any satisfying answers. In fact, countless dollars are spent on researching the purpose of life. I mean, we try to squeeze meaning out of any and every pursuit. And so this is the question that I want to deal with today. Is there purpose in life? And I'm glad to report that the Bible affirms human purpose in two ways. First, there's a general purposefulness about human life. And second, there's an individual purpose in life. A purpose that applies to all humans is that of knowing and enjoying God. You see, God didn't have to create humanity. No, no, no. He, because he never had and never will have any needs. He's totally self-sufficient in himself. But God chose to create us, even though he knew that sin would enter into the world and separate us from him. And he knew that he would have to offer a great sacrifice in order to restore us to himself. And yet he concluded that it was worth it. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 10 says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, and shall there be any after me. You see, even though God spoke those words to Israel, whom he had selected to be a special nation, now he applies it to the church who are followers of Jesus. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In other words, did you hear it? God wants us to know him and to believe in him, to witness about him and to obey him. And then in John chapter 15, Jesus talks about abiding in his love bearing the fruit of righteousness, obeying his commands, loving others, and that he considers us to be his friends. Can you imagine? Listen to verses 16 and 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Did you notice the purpose statement? He said that we've been chosen to bear fruit, to have a relationship with the Father and with others. And then verse 11 tells us that this will affect our joy. You see, knowing and enjoying God is a universal purpose in life. Once we know God, then we're called to witness his love to others so that they too can know and enjoy him. But God also has an individual purpose in our lives. We read in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
I want you to notice that God has universal good works prepared for us to do, like obedience to God, a witnessing, enjoying God. But there are also individual works. In fact, the Bible is chock full of examples of God's personal touch on people's lives. For example, the Old Testament prophets were individually called by God for a specific time and purpose to do a certain work for God. They were all used by God in their time, with their abilities, for God's purposes. And then we get over into the New Testament where we find 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 or 12 to 31, which talks about the church in human terms. You go over there and read it for yourself. And God calls it a body, he calls the church a body. And he says that every member of the body has a different purpose, just like our human bodies. For example, our heart performs a function that's different from our arm, that's different from the brain, that's different from the liver. And the heart never says, oh, I wish that I could be an arm. The liver never says, oh, I wish that I could be a brain. Well, that's a picture of the church. Now, we all know that every person in the church is different from one another. In fact, in the world, God makes each person unique in a special way. A one of the kind, if you will. In Psalm 139, we see a beautiful picture of the care with which God created us. Uh, it says that God knitted us together in our mother's womb. In other words, there's a unique purpose that God has just for you and me. Now, there are a variety of thoughts concerning God's plan for our individual lives. For example, some people believe that God has given us certain gifts and talents to use for his glory and service, but that he doesn't have a specific job selected, like the parent who wants their child to be a doctor or a lawyer, or that he has a specific spouse or a specific direction for us. Yet, other people believe that God has a detailed plan for every moment or aspect of our lives. I think my belief falls somewhere closer to the first. But regardless, there's one thing I know for sure, which is that God has placed a call on every one of our lives individually, whether it's a general call to all believers with the gifts that he's given us or a more specific plan. What I know is that God has a purpose for our lives. So how do we discover what that purpose is? Well, there are many tools that Christians sometimes use, uh, including personality tests or spiritual gift tests and things like that. I've used those tools. But maybe the best tool we have is simply prayer. Uh, through prayer, we can ask God to reveal his purpose for our lives. Now, we should examine the scriptures to make sure that we know that what we think we hear is what God is actually saying and that what we hear is biblical. Why? Because God will never direct us to do something that's contrary to his nature or his word. But we should also look at various events in our lives and pay attention to our strengths and weaknesses and maybe even ask another godly person what they see are our strengths and weaknesses. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22 says, Without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. You see, finding purpose in life is probably, in my opinion, life's greatest human quest. 
It's the theme in every stage of life, largely because our specific purpose might change or at least be carried out differently in different seasons of life. Thankfully, believers can rest in the fact that their lives do have a purpose. You see, God created us with intent, and he knows the plans he has for us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And even though he wrote those originally to the nation of Israel, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, uh, the Bible talks to us as a church. And he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so God is eager to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know him and to enjoy him that we witness about him and that we live out our unique role in his body, the church of Jesus Christ. You see, finding your purpose might take a little effort, some searching, some listening, some experimenting, but once you find it, you won't ever regret it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.